What's up, everyone? This is the Signal Life Podcast, a show about snowboarding, small business, art, music, culture, and whatever we feel like talking about. Today, I have an awesome guest, Mike McIntyre, a.k.a. MacDog from MacDog Productions, a legendary filmer who brought decades of progression to the sport of snowboarding. He's got an awesome perspective. He's a good friend and a great mentor, and we're going to learn a lot. Everything from the beginning to board control to what it takes to be a progressive snowboarder in this day and age. It's tough out there. There's a little Queens of the Stone Age before we get into it. Here we go. Uh, I'm here with Mike McIntyre, a.k.a. MacDog from MacDog Productions. Um, first video I was ever in, up in the ante. And that was like over 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'll, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> I know, right? Well, anyways, <laughs> you've got you've got like twenty five, you know, or tw- over twenty years in the game, um, you know. And I thought we would just start with kind of generations. You know, we have a we actually have perspective on the generations and snowboarding and those early years and what it was like to you know, kind of take a relatively new sport and turn it into. You know something that people wanted to see that yeah you know, that people expected to see every year through your videos. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was sort of the what was the beginning for you to get into snowboarding? Well, that's kind of a funny story because um, to tell you the truth, and I I used to think snowboarding was really stupid um, when it when I first saw it. It was really the fashion the the just the way people were doing their grabs and trying to rip off skateboarding but doing everything super bad and and a lot of grabs that were just comically lame to me i just didn't like it because i came from skateboarding uh background and filming like really like the top street skaters and 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 bird skaters and then coming in seeing some of that stuff early on was just it was horrifying to me (laughs) I couldn't even believe it, actually. And, you know, I'm really good friends with Damian Sanders and Dan Nicholson and those guys now. But when I first saw them, I went up to Squaw Valley with Noah Selaznick, who was a pro skater on H Street. Right. And he he wanted me to do a shot for him for this H Street video of him snowboarding. So I went up there. I saw Dana and... uh, Hold on, sorry. I got to turn this Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Anyways, the first time I actually saw like the big dogs of snowboarding, yeah, it was Gina and uh, Dana Nicholson and Damien, and they had I think Crystal Aldana was there. And these guys, I didn't know them at the time. I'm good friends with all of them now, and they're super cool people. But they were running like op fluorescent gear with like hot chili pants and like big bouffant like hairspray <laughs> stuff and hard boots, just creaking with these. And dude, it was just like, "Hi, hey, get me out of here! I do not want to be around this situation at all." Right. So that's how I got started. Uh, my first impression. <laughs> but Noah is like a really good friend of mine back then, and really passionate about snowboarding, and kept trying to drag me up there. Eventually, uh, you know, he got me more and more interested in it. And then when I got to see him ride more with like Chris Roach and Monty Roach and John Bayaki and. You know, all those guys, even Cardio, all the guys that were in, like, you know, the Grass Valley, Sacramento, Bay Area scene that 
when I got to see them ride with kind of more of a skate style influence and I became more of a believer and that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, I think that's how most of us, most of us got into it. Um, I think back to those days and I think, you know, one of the, what was the, um, you had a skate video out that was before the snowboard videos, um, where, yeah. you, where you narrated sort of like the skateboard video. Yeah, that was called Sick Boys. Yeah, Sick Boys. So that th- so Sick Boys was like a underground like smash up in Seattle. Like everybody had it. You'd you end up filming like one Seattle icon from back in that day. This guy Tom Pia, who we all like looked up to as a skateboarder, and we couldn't believe he made it into like a kind of LA based skate film, you know, video. And then just like your whole style of narration and following people through the streets. Um, you know, it just was, you know, the, the term or just the name Mac dog meant a lot. And in those early days and then seeing like the hard hungry and the homeless and, you know, and then I ended up being lucky enough being up in the ante, but like that style of filming definitely was all skate inspired. Yeah. I mean, you could do more things with less consequence on a snowboard, obviously, right. you know, like, <laughs> like, and you could go a lot bigger and, and. I mean, that was what was trippy, I think, to the skaters, too. It was pretty shocking to them when Noah was, uh, you know, he was a, he crossed over and he did a lot of snowboarding. He was really good at it. And then when he did Amateur National Street, he won. And everyone's like freaking out because this kid from Northern California wins. And it was because they made like a bunch of like transition type obstacles at that course and he was just like snowboarding just doing frontside threes and just just flying around and you know doing what he normally did on a snowboard and everyone's like what the heck just happened you know what i mean it was that's i think that was really cool the the crossover thing just really started you know becoming more effective yeah and I, i not only more effective but you noticed it um enough to start really telling that story because it wasn't like we um, at least when I was filming with you, it, it definitely didn't feel like you were, you were trying to, you know, you never had an agenda. You were like, Oh, let's go out and, you know, let's progress and see what happens. And, you know, we'll go over here, we'll go over there, but it was all about progression for you. And, you know, we would always have these conversations out on the, you know, on the road or while we're hiking and, um, yeah, it was just a really cool time for snowboarding. Well, it was different in a lot of ways to today because, you know, back then, as you know, almost anything was new, you know, like right. there wasn't that much, it was pretty much uncharted territory. And, and so every year that's, you know, one of the things that was exciting about the videos back then too, was that when a video came out, there would, there would be like so many new tricks that were in it and right and every year that was like you look forward to the video because you could see all the new stuff and like okay and i'm gonna go try all this stuff you know right. nowadays it's it's slowed down quite a bit and now the new trick might be a quad cork or whatever and just like who really can relate to that and do that like not many people so right it's a little tougher of a game for kids and and i actually i mean i actually feel sorry for kids that are trying to become like the next gnarly competition snowboarder because you look at what they have to do and what you know like as they're coming up and then what the next level is going to be just so many like oh just 
kids just getting broken in half trying to do that stuff. <laughs> right. Well, I always thought, like, you know, one of the nice things about filming with you and getting to know you was how much you cared about us as riders and not because you wanted, you know, a great snowboard part, but you sort of, you were, you were just an extension of us, you know, just behind the lens and, you know, worried about our safety, worried about our future, letting us know constantly that this was short term. Um, All those things I think were really important, especially for me. Yeah. Well, it's totally important. If you're, you know, that's what, I mean, to looking back on it as far as like the nostalgic side of uh, my career or whatever, yeah. the earlier times were my favorite times by far. Right. And it was just because there was so much learning going on in all of our parts. And also, you know, it was such a tight crew that everyone that you're with was, you know, you're, everyone's, it's like a brotherhood, you know? Definitely. It was, it was not any kind of like, no one worried was worried about you know their sponsor this or sponsor you know like the politics was just not even part of it at all right. so it was that was the coolest part about it was where everyone was just having a good time and looking out for each other and of course you know no one wanted to see anyone get hurt and we just wanted to have a good time and and our playing field was pretty wide open so we all learned a lot yeah definitely i mean i was i actually wrote down a few things and i was thinking you know like my you know first interactions with you i i basically came out to tahoe and lived on your floor <laughs> you know yeah. probably probably like a lot of people and yeah. that sort of became the norm is every you know i had my 21st birthday you know, at your house or at least at, at one of the casinos down the road. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'd be thinking about what places we were going to hit next. Um, it was the beginning of leaving the resort. You were sort of the first to pioneer. Like we were looking for skate style hits out in the backcountry. Yeah. And I mean, that just became like that took us from grabbing lift tickets and spending the day on the chair sort of separate from each other, you know, whether we're four chairs back and then pulling out the camera to spending the entire day basically setting up a base camp and finding hits. Yeah. And that became like the new, I don't know, skate park. Yeah. I mean, we definitely had some trial and error, right? Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that was another aspect of it, you know, and, and fortunately, um, you know, there were some good people that we learned stuff from, like, especially like the hatchets and stuff like that. Like yeah. Tom Bird and people that really knew backcountry way more than we did. Just yeah. we wanted to go out and do stuff. But having to having the opportunity to work with those guys on some stuff and and learn some basics and just be knowledgeable was huge because, like, you have to know what you're doing, obviously, to go right. in the backcountry. And then uh, I think the other funny thing that, that was cool for us uh, back in those days was just pioneering the whole snowmobiling thing. Yeah. Um, and just, I remember the first sleds I got, I had just had this theory like, Oh, we got to try and get in the backcountry on sleds. And it was a Yamaha 340 <laughs> and a Yamaha 440 with 121 by half inch tracks that, I mean, if it's a spring day and it's like a groomed hill, yeah, you should get up it. But besides that, it was pretty worthless. But it was just that. Then we just, I think Kurt Heine was, you know, the motorhead kind of guy. He got us uh, 
made us get what were those ones those the ones that they brought to uh resorts they were called the all track or something yeah, i can't remember it was like, like the all resorts and we didn't even have like a proper backcountry snowmobile i think until someone went to revelstoke one time and they saw like oh man they actually have a sled that goes in the powder and like we were so like trying to figure it out but the sled next up and Canada got us straightened out. So that That's was what I was going to say. I, I remember like the early days of just exploring the Sierras or even out in like North Lake Tahoe on those didn't seem so bad. But then, you know, once you, we, I think we did a couple trips to Canada um, <laughs> where we were splitting the time between sleds and like heli stuff, you know, yeah. operations. Yeah. And you quickly realized like the Canada, the Canadians on sleds were getting to some of the places that we were getting by helicopter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, Yeah. Go ahead. That, no, that just started to change the idea like holy, you know, shit man, we we're we're on the wrong sleds. Like these dudes are getting up. Like we're getting dropped off and there are sled tracks up here. Yeah. Do you remember that uh that time when we went up to uh what was it, Brandywine in yeah. the springtime with Mark Morissette and it was so hot we drove across like basically like rocks for two miles <laughs> and then <laughs> And then the sled, like, seized the engine, and I took, like, a screwdriver and stuck it into, into the spark plug hole and smashed it with a rock and freed it up, and we got out of there. <laughs> oh, my God. I barely remember that. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember that as much as I remember, you know, actually, you've always been, like, a big advocate for safety, which I've always appreciated because it's easy to get excited when you're young and, you know, you don't want to get you, – you just want to get out there, and you were big on helmets, yeah, and uh, I forget like we we're at uh, Crater Lake with Heine, and yeah. and I think he flipped his sled, and he was literally his head was under it. Yeah, <laughs> and he had a helmet on, and we we're like, see, That's, yeah, there you go. I mean, for like a snowmobile, and you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna blow it, obviously. Yeah, that's yeah, you got to be prepared for that. Well, well, that's um, you know, and then. Pretty much like right when we kind of came into it, I, I don't mean to gloss over the very first years, but going into like that second kind of generation, you know, after up in the ante and into what is it like stomping grounds and, and those just to, to quickly get people caught up. Like that was really the introduction of the cheese wedge too. Yeah. I mean, that had a lot to do with Kurt Heine, obviously. Yeah. Um, Heine was basically the guy who pulled you guys in, in the first place and, mm-hmm. He was just a, like a great eye for talent, and he was up in the Northwest, and that's how it worked out perfect having him and Ross Steffi and like pulling people in that I didn't know about, and then we would get together. And, and uh, Kurt was also just a freak for building jumps, and well, he's just a freak, obviously. You know, in a, in a way, I think he like having his history in the sport and him knowing like what was possible he started carving out these hits that, you know, weren't really known as cheese wedges, but just like these sort of like hits that, you know, became like, Oh great. These are just launch ramps for us. And no one had really even seen that before. But then when we dropped in to hit it, it was perfect. Yeah. The Heine highway, the Heine highway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was a really, uh, Kurt is really, and, uh, a couple other filmmakers that were involved with MVP, um, like Ross, obviously were 
really instrumental in in shaping snowboarding. I mean, I was like, I always felt like the company is is a whole is just it's only as strong as its members. And those guys were so solid and so cool and brought so much to the table that that's why, you know, MDP was so strong. We had just crazy people in the company. So it's, I mean, yeah, I'm doing this interview and stuff and it's totally cool. Like you're like talking about Mac Dunk stuff. That's my nickname and all, but it's, you know, basically a bunch of guys that we all work together and, they were just as big a part of it as me. So which, which was, I, yeah, which I love. And I think that's the whole reason for these interviews is to kind of shed some light on any subject. And that's, what's awesome. You know, it's like, yeah. you're right. Like, I mean, the days that we spent with Kurt Heine or Ross or all the riders that were putting in the effort back in the day and sort of like all learning from each other, even those early days of, of Noah Slaznik. And, and, yeah. you know, I remember being on one of my first shoots with you guys and, him kind of getting out of the car and just being starstruck, you know, and you just get, you get, it's just funny, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a hilarious. I'm dude. I heard someone say it the other day, like they were talking about filming and, and, uh, you know, they had the same, I mean, it's 20 years later, but the story that he was telling me was identical to mine 20 years ago, you know, just yeah. the people that get out of the car, the people that you're filming with, or the, the filmers that are filming you, you just, you sort of become, wrapped up into this new world and it's exciting and it's progressive and everybody feeds off each other. Yeah. That's the way it should be. That's the only way that things progress, you know, got yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people on the same, same idea and just, just getting it done. From going, going from the, the videos that, you know, you sort of have this, this group of riders from all different, you know, walks of life, different brands to, um, the sort of the new generation, which was forum where you realized quickly, like, Hey, we could do a team video. Cause I feel like the forum video was the very first team video. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong, but it doesn't matter. Cause there was a team videos that were out before that, but they weren't very good. Okay. And they didn't really, I mean, uh, what happened with forum and why it was an interesting, uh, situation was it was, totally premeditated like i had already done stuff with uh h street with mike Ternan- the late mark mike Ternansky, who unfortunately passed away and uh and tony magnuson and you know seeing the powell formula i mean it was a formula in skateboarding far before snowboarding and, right and it totally worked it's like okay put the gnarliest team together put out the gnarliest video sell tons of gear right that's the simple marketing and it was really strong and it worked perfectly so when i had the opportunity to become involved with forum as an owner um i knew what my role was from the beginning everyone knew what i'm supposed to do is make the dopest video with these guys and sell product you know so so yeah that was the whole concept going in it was not like and you know everyone's like oh it was so crazy it wasn't really that crazy it was we were taken from what a formula that already had existed yeah that that people didn't really like were I have to say not smart enough to do before that, you know? Right. Um, and then with Peter at the helm, um, and me and him picking out the riders that we thought would be, you know, develop, we could develop them into someone. Mm-hmm. Then it worked out uh, really well, you know, cause you had this big figurehead and Pete and then a bunch of, uh, up and coming people that we felt would, 
you know, become the next big guys. And a lot of them worked out, you know, so that whole, that whole thing of the forum time, it was, you know, it was just taking everything we had learned from our previous films and then taking a really good formula that had been established in skate stuff and applying it and, and actually improving upon it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it just, that's why forum blew up, you know, unfortunately the, the product sucked and, but that was a different story, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, yeah, regardless, I mean, I think that goes back to you, how, you know, you and your crew, you know, the entire group that is MDP or worked for you and, or was part of your, was part of MacDog Productions shaping the industry with, with media. And I, yeah. I, I think that's so interesting, especially now because everybody has social media, everybody puts out edits constantly and you know we're all fighting for you know an edge to shape the industry but we're doing it sort of daily or monthly or weekly i don't know versus once a year yeah well that's a di- i mean everything changes right right and, and it's a i think my buddy in high school made one of the best shirts that i ever saw um and he was trying to do a brand it's called adapt or die yeah and and ever since that time in high school, that's kind of like been one of my mantras. You know, you have to, you just have to kind of see what's going. And it's, I, I always kind of look at it from a surfing type of thing too, because I try and surf a lot. Yeah. Like you ride the wave, and the best part of the wave, when that wave's starting to die out, you need to kick out and start paddling for the next wave. Like, and so obviously everything changed the whole distribution the whole way that people want their material the, the way that they want to digest it the kids what they're thinks cool everything changes you know and and right. uh and so back then it our formula worked great and at the end it was dying and that's one of the reasons why i just like all right it's time to pull out you know like right. i don't have the answer i don't even know if there is an answer at this point i was waiting for someone to figure out the answer possibly come back and do some stuff but in the in the interim but um i, I did a bunch of other stuff but i haven't really seen the answer you know like as far as doing like unless you're like you know like brain farm or kurt and those guys that have like these huge budgets and and can go and do like crazy stuff yeah with the with a silly money that's mm-hmm. pretty rare you know what i mean so um the average person they can't do that you know and and so yeah it's it's totally changed how in almost every single filmmaker who was contemporaries of of uh, mac dog productions throughout the years are gone like even though i think justin hosnick is the sole survivor of yeah of everything you know what i mean and that's crazy because when i stopped doing subware videos there's probably 300 videos that came out on dvd you know what i mean and now there's one pretty much i mean i don't know how many there are uh actually but there's probably one major player left and there i think what is it pirate does some stuff there's a couple people but you know yeah it's pretty small really small right that's crazy. I mean, it kind of leads to um, one of the things I have down here is we used to always have this conversation. I remember it clearly. I don't know if you do, but we used to used to always tell me you used to talk about the meat grinder. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, and I don't know if you ever had that conversation, you know, years after I left or with other riders, but I don't know. We would be sitting, you know, waiting for someone to hike a hit or whatever, and we would 
talking about life and you would be like, dude, this is a meat grinder. Like you got to start thinking about your future. Like you got to figure out what's next. And I mean, it really shows to your philosophy about the wave and pulling out and looking for the next best thing. And for me, you know, long before I actually really got injured, like I started to take your, what you would tell me to heart. And I would think, oh man, I want to start something. You know, and people yeah. always ask me like, how did you come up with Signal or how did you like have the wherewithal to start a brand? And I, I, a lot of times I would talk about you talking to me about thinking about next steps. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And it's just funny because, I mean, those those conversations would just be kind of those fun, you know, we'd be out in the backcountry and whether we'd be waiting for the sun to come up or we'd be waiting for some you know the clouds to pass or you to change a canister of film um you know those were some of the most i don't know i guess important times of my life in a way and that's pretty awesome no that's what it's all about though like you know you have to be open to learn and and the best way to learn is from people that have been a Normally, I mean, you can learn from every aspect all around you, of course, but there's, if you're in the field and there's other people that know a lot more than you, then it's totally awesome to be able to utilize their knowledge. I mean, I, I try and learn something every day and I work on all kinds of crazy projects and film and commercials and whatever we do now, like whatever I do now, I'm always independent and stuff. I just always learn like every day when I'm on set, I'm like asking people that I, have met you know and i noticed they're doing something a little different you know that i that i haven't seen and like what are you doing that for like what's the theory you know and like Mm -hmm. that's the whole idea of life right yeah you just have to progress yeah no no kidding like just you know definitely always pushing forward in whatever you do yeah you just don't want to clock in right what's what what's the value of that what's how's that going to fulfill your life nothing yeah really yeah. And it's cool cuz I mean I was I you know was thinking about some of those first even back to those first trips in New Zealand. You know, as much as they were about snowboarding, they were about us all learning what it was like to be in another country with your friends. Oh. You know what I mean? Like if you think about it, like it, it was it was less about snowboarding even though that was the physical thing that we were doing and that we were there for. We were all yeah. like growing up. <laughs> Yeah, we were becoming, you know, we were becoming adults, like learning about other cultures and, you know, meeting people and and traveling and figuring out how to live on, you know, live a life on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's that's insane. And what kind of a job lets you do that? Exactly. That's one of the best things about snowboarding. and You know, being an athlete that does stuff that's based on nature and having to go where nature is at its best, that's pretty all time you know so yeah i mean that's a fringe benefit that you just don't get in most lines of work so that's pretty sick yeah and one of my friends asked me is like you know how does how does mac dog feel or how does dogger feel about you know being behind the lens for all those years i don't really know exactly the right words it's somewhat vicarious because you're in the scene you're not actually doing what the people do but as you guys were progressing we're trying to progress our filmmaking skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, that was the whole uh, impetus. And everyone on my crew 
was on the same page. Like, how can we shoot this better? How can we have more impact? You know what I mean? Like what's going to resonate? What type of shots are going to work? And, and uh, just can constantly learn and be on the like, cutting edge and try and have the best imagery possible was, you know, a big thing that I still have to this day. You know, that's what we were just talking about. Like if you're not learning, then you should be doing something else basically, or just clock in somewhere and, come back and drink your Coors Light and watch whatever you watch on TV, you know? <laughs> right. But, but, um, but yeah, so that was the main thing. And then also, you know, my whole philosophy on making a film in the first place was if we're not making something that's progressive and, and has like an impact on people that then really what's the point. So everyone yeah. on the crew knew that that was what the idea was. The philosophy was to make a, something that was totally progressive, progress snowboarding, progress filmmaking, make something that's exciting that drives people to want to do stuff, you know? So right. that was, that was pretty much it. And that's a, a really, really a strong drive that we kept, just kept going. And, and literally I, um, I started getting burned out at the very end because it became less about that. And to be honest, there was a bunch of uh, kids that were coming up and their whole thing was, you know, I just want to have fun. I don't, I don't care about being the gnarliest guy that does the newest trick or right. progresses anything. And like I had some kids, I'm not going to mention any names that would show up on to our shoots. And they, you know, we we're requiring more and more money to keep the kind of staff that I needed on board mm -hmm. to make these type of films. And some of these kids would show up that were, you know, part of the sponsor package and they would just be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this trick down this rail or whatever. And like, dude, well, JP did that like 10 years ago. That's, a good warm up for you and have fun. Let me know when you're going to do something. You know what I mean? And right. like, literally you'd see the kid like well up and start to basically almost cry. And like, okay, like things have changed. Like there's a different, uh, breed of, of thing happening here of kids. And, and that I started to lose my interest. Like, okay, well that's totally fine. If that's what it is, if people want to just have fun and cruise and, and, you know, do dorky little things and, that's great, but I'm going to move on to some other stuff. I was, I want to do lots of other things in my life. So, right. That's amazing. <laughs> That's actually an amazing, you know, kind of moment because I mean, in many ways back to the very beginning of the, the, the interview, it's like, you know, how are people pushing snowboarding at this point? You know, I just watched a snowboard film the other day and I was like, wow, you know, there's so many tricks in there that I saw I, that were part of my generation. You know, yeah. just straight up, like straight up, like I saw Jamie do or I saw Peter do or, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. sort of like the, all the tricks are kind of there now, unless you, like you mentioned, you're going to do something like kind of a quad cork or some variation, but you know, it must be harder for riders to figure out where they fit in Totally. when, when everything's already been kind of done. And, and the, uh, you know, like where it's at right now, you got like, there's been some super freaky people that have laid gnarly stuff down over the years, you know, yeah. like when you guys did your stuff, you and Todd, when the first stuff people saw of you guys, everyone like freaked out because you're going jack way bigger than everyone else. And everyone's like, Holy shit. Like what is, what do we have to do now? Right. right. And you look at that now and you're like, when I look at it, I remember the impact that it had. But when you look at it now, you're like, Oh, that looks totally mellow, like a fun hit or something. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a, that's a, yeah, it's a warm up hit in the park, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, but at that 
point in time, it was ludicrous. It was gigantic. So, you know, and and as things have progressed and progressed and progressed, just think about like, and then you have guys like, let's say like a Travis Rice, who's just gone so gigantic in the backcountry. And, and then like, what are you going to do to progress? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's daunting. Yeah. Say the least. Well, I think, you know? yeah, I think what happens is you, at least today, you tend to try to fall on being a personality, which is tough, you yeah. know, because you're now, you're competing for likability versus progression. Because back in those days, you didn't have to, like, really talk to the camera. You just had to no. show up and, and basically do your thing. And we didn't have sound. No, exactly. There was no sound. So your your writing did all of the, the talking. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, it's so funny, dude, because now I shoot all kinds of stuff, and it's all about, like, you know, like directing and stuff, like getting cool stuff out of people and, and, and delving into, like, what there is inside their head and in their soul and kind of, like, trying to bring it out in a cool way. But yeah. back then, there was no audio in be honest even if there was our whole mentality was about the progression of snowboarding and we could really couldn't give a shit about like anything else besides let's get some gnarly tricks filmed you know what i mean yeah no i mean we would i mean that's all we talked about when we would get back from the end of the day or we'd be sitting around your place playing guitar thinking about music for which part we wanted you know listening to all the music that would be sent your way um, it had nothing to do with like, oh, I really want to come off like this. No. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I would really like it if people felt this way about me. It was like yeah. nothing mattered. It was all based on your your own style and like what kind of hits you were you were looking for out in the you know yeah for your part. It's different times. Different times. That's awesome. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, it's, we're definitely wrapping up, you know, the 30 minutes we, so, uh, you know, moving on, like the new generation, like what advice do you have for them? Yeah, I guess, you know, like, it's kind of funny because like he's, my daughter stopped in here for half a second or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, she really likes snowboarding and like instantly, you know, she's been around and, you know, she's friends with like all these older heroic snowboarder people that are my buddies and stuff and she's been around she's seen you know some of the old movies and stuff and she's you know loves to watch all the stuff on tv and see the gnarly runs and all that sort of stuff and instantly like when she started snowboarding she's like let's go to the park i'm like dude you don't even know how to turn you're not going to the park (laughs) what are you thinking i you know what i mean like right and I remember, like, just a funny side note. I remember when I, uh, I was really good friends with Danny Way from the 8th Street days. And when he first started snowboarding, I just saw him, like, sliding out of control, like, basically about to murder people at Big Bear, <laughs> trying to get to a hit. Yeah. And just, like, go off a hit and just huck a nine. And you're just like, and then just, like, back to full survival slide. Like, <laughs> just like, holy shit dude it's not even possible you know what i mean like and that's the last thing i would want uh, my kid to do so um so yeah i think for all the kids i think the big thing would be just to totally develop board control and just have whole understanding of, of edge control in all conditions and be able to just be super solid before you trying to get into any gnarly tricks and stuff like that. And then 
what's expected of kids now, um, it's a totally different thing. So I think you pretty much have to do like dry land training. If you're going to try and be some competitive force, you know, like you can't just go out and huck and, and try and get your air awareness in the snow only, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's pretty hectic. I mean, and like, to me, like I said, uh, for my daughter, I don't, I wouldn't even want her to do it, you know. Like she totally rips, and she wants to do the park and do all these jumps and stuff. She's eight. I'm like, dude, it's just so brutal. I look at the the landscape, you know. Like, yeah, okay, want to do it? Probably should start doing gymnastics. Yeah, and you know what I mean. And and just get the air awareness separate from the board, and then get super good board awareness, and then you know, put the two of them together. Cause it's, uh, that's what it is now. It's, it's gymnastics on a board, you know? <laughs> right. It, I mean, it is. Like, it totally is. Work. It just, it's so funny to, to hear that, you know, out loud because it's so true. I mean, people say that in jest and probably for real, but, uh, you know, we didn't, we definitely didn't have that, you know, I mean, people had trampolines and, and stuff like that, but you're absolutely right. Like with the Woodward parks and the foam pits and the, you know, the different ways to learn tricks, like it's so smart to think if you want to take it to another level, like you should definitely go find those places where you're not going to just break yourself off. Yeah. And get, at least get it figured out your air awareness and then just be like super gnarly edge control. Like, and it's totally true. Like if you look at, at snowboarding and you look at the, some of the best snowboarders there's ever been and you just watch them go down the run, you're like, Holy shit, that was gnarly. And all they're doing is going down the run. Like when I first saw Terry or whatever, I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Dude, the dudes (laughs) like never drop a snow out of place. Just like perfect edge control. And you're like, Oh, you know, that's, a, that's something that I think a lot of kids don't even really strive for that if you're going to be that gnarly, you know, like you better start out with the basics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, not a drop of snow out of place is like the best, like that's, yeah. a, that's the best place to end because you think about it, that that's everything. That means you're, you're your awareness of when you're riding is so tuned in like you're so right terry has always been the best at that you know there are a lot of people right behind him but you know there are just moments where you look and you're like he's he's almost just floating on air constantly yeah you know it's like he's hardly you know it's like a perfect dive when you watch the olympics where there's no splash like even though he's kicking up these huge plumes like nothing looks crazy and and sometimes and you know i'm not going to name any names either but i'll watch these parts and i look at these these carves that people do and they do a huge like you know they can throw a lot of snow but there's no style to it and you're like hockey stop yeah it's like a hockey stop and you're just like you you kind of think back to that you're like man those were you know watching some of those turns where they're just so fast and so smooth and that that board control is so important yeah, there's a, there's been people that have it, and yeah. So to answer, sum up the question, I mean, that's where I would start. Like, if I was gonna be like helping kids get gnarly, I yeah. would just start off with that. And just once you're totally gnarly at that, then start to thinking about some other stuff. But until then, just go freaking learn how to ride a snowboard. Get out there and ride a snowboard. That is the best advice. You know, the best advice is always the simplest advice. Do it because you love it. Do it because you love it. Dogger, thank you so much. Until next time.
Bye.